Lutz Podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online. Copiers-plus.com. Print management document solutions. Get things to the cloud. Kind of like RJ Davis was sending everything up into the cloud. Euphoric. 42 points last night in the Smith Center. Smith Center record? Yeah, so this is a... I'm, I'm surprised Psycho T didn't have that. Didn't have one of those. He did. It's the Smith Center record. It was originally set by Tyler Hansborough in 06 with 40 points. Against Klimp. Yes, I think that was the case. It's the most points by a UNC player since Shimon Williams had 42 in 97, 98. But that was double overtime. So 42 in regulation elevates it to a place that we haven't seen since Charlie freaking Scott. In 1970, when he had 43 against Wake Forest in regulation, and then the all, game. yeah, and then wow. of course the all-time Kirsch Nug, yeah, okay, you ready for the Nuggie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, an all-time Steve Kirschner Nugget. It's the first time a Tar Heel outscored his entire team, 42 so to 35. Teammates. His own teammates, okay, 40. He was the only player in double digits last night for the Tar Heels. His entire team, 42 35, since Michael Jordan in 1983, which is appropriate, Joe, which is appropriate because. Every time we seem to talk about the Tar Heels and we throw a little love wakes way, we throw a little love to Hunter Salas. What is RJ Davis? But why do? does that have to be construed as shade because, to RJ Davis? Because that's the world we live in, man. Okay. Last night was hilarious because all I did, all I did <laughs> I last saying, night, you're the one who did something I did this, it time. this time. Because all I did was praise them yesterday. I know. I, know, I, I know, even know, marked it, it down on the Twitters to say, <laughs> your future reference when you say I never say nice things about you <laughs> this this is the little asterisk <laughs> so last night all I tweeted out was looking at RJ Davis and how North Carolina's been kind of struggling here as of late winning but not looking like the fire bridges we saw back in January okay and RJ Davis is coming off a 1 for 14 performance against Virginia won the game but again RJ's been yeah, it was fine okay and Hunter Salas has been that dude as of late I simply floated out. I'm curious. My D's. When's the last time we had co-ACC players of the year? It's happened twice. Happened in 2000, 2001 with Shane Battier and Joe Forte. Mm -hmm. And that was a true split. Yeah. A true split because of the way the voting was done back then. And then the second time was Shane Larkin. Did you know his dad played uh, baseball? I did not. Wow. And, and Eric Green. Now, the reason why that was split is because Shane Larkin was the best player of the best team. The coaches liked that. He got the vote. The media absolutely loved that Eric Green was, I think, hitting 50 points a night. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> he, was going he was going crazy for Virginia Tech. So that That's was the terrible split. And then, of Tech course, team. young Connor, Connor O'Neill, reminding me, while Isaiah Wong was the ACC player of the year last year, it was Ty Appleby who had won the AP mm. ACC player of the year. But, of course, that doesn't count because not even Steve Forbes referenced his own player. When he was going after Joe Lenardi. That's all I said. It's like, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm like, huh? It'd be interesting. What, what is it? Sometimes you go down these rabbit holes and you just kind of speak it out and it, you move on. Buddy, the way some Carolina fans reacted to that was like, I was saying that Hunter Salas would body RJ Davis one-on-one. I was just curious, but I did, I did appreciate this tweet. RJ, whenever ONG <laughs> start talking about how Salas is as good as him, I took it personally that's when i took it personally i was responding to one listener last night who said you know i was like dude like all of us expected him to have a historic performance against miami last night yes because we all predicted that shout out to jp i actually did and i have the ticket to prove it and he showed me the prop bet 
RJ Davis of the Tar Heels will score six or more three point field goals against <laughs> That's nice. So I said, you know what? Send me your address. I will no, send you a he sticker. Just want a bunch of money. I'll we don't send him a, send him I'll send him a sticker and a t-shirt. Aye, aye, aye. I'll send him a sticker and a t-shirt. It doesn't cost Sir, us anything, man. It does. It does. <laughs> well, it's already money's already spent, so it's whatever. I'm not really all that worked up about it. But here's the wild part about this. Hey, you want a ridiculous prop bet? Let us now double reward you. So I'll admit, I'll admit, at 417, the last field goal for North Carolina. Oh, RJ were, Davis hit a three. You were like, okay. They went up 70 to 57. I'm not working the game necessarily. Right. I'm like, I don't need to ask. It's just Miami. It's a Monday night game. There's nothing truly at stake. I'm like, I've seen enough. They're up 70 to 57 after RJ hits that three. So I'm like, I'm out. I'm going to go beat the traffic because you know how it is on 54, mm-hmm. man. If you don't get out in time, you're stuck. Especially coming back this way. Oh, by the way, that was the last field goal North Carolina would hit the rest of the way. They went four of nine from the line. And it was 72-70 after Keyshawn George made a three. But the difference here is that UNC had five rebounds to Miami's two rebounds down the stretch. As some people pointed out to me, very Oregon-esque 2017 Final Four. Yeah, I mean, I understand what Miami's record is, but that's a good team. It is. I, I don't care what now that, says. This is twice now that North Carolina struggled to get yeah, past the Hurricanes. Now, listen, you're right. Double digits, you would like to see them put that thing in a different gear. Yeah, man. But I did. I, I thought there was a rule. You only played one Saturday to Monday turnaround. Uh, it's a little bit different. Now, if you're North Carolina, uh, yeah, you're probably going to get used to one day turnarounds because those are, you, you want to do four of those mm-hmm. in, in the uh, or three of those in the NCAA tournament. So I think there was a little bit of that. You know, again, we talked about how winning at Virginia was really important to them. Didn't dislike the way that they played in this game. Sometimes you just have to respect your opponent mm-hmm. instead of being like, oh man, Miami stinks. I can't believe they struggled against Miami here. No, dude, it's all good, man. You have the best player. He played great. He carried you to a win. Move it along. Yeah. I don't think there's any more conversation about who the ACC player of the year is going to be. It's going to be no. RJ Davis. No, straight up. No. All right. It's not that complicated anymore. He clearly uh, quieted uh, any see, sort of level. I see what the, the discourse is, though. What's the discourse? Cormac Ryan was one of nine. So now we're back on the. Eh. Well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because there is an element of that. Let's strip away the fan reaction because I think North Carolina, like Candace Cooper, right? Our friend Candace Cooper. I, th- I forgot where she had put it. I think it was on Twitter where she said, I see that this is how North Carolina is going to be all year. Stressing me out. Yeah. Fine. That's fine. Do, do you a, know why? Why? Because C- they're not overwhelmingly talented. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> Even Creighton, your boys. <laughs> Now, my Creighton guys are super skilled. They okay. Are, they are super skilled. You, you want to talk about a soft team. Though. So the thing about North Carolina is we've hit the classic glass half empty, glass half full approach to talking about the Tar Heels. Are they a final four contender? Yes. The answer to that is yes. Unequivocally, yes. When you look at the whole of college basketball, and really there's only one team out there that you go, yeah, well, they're the odds on favorite. That would be UConn. After that, after that, I'm not really sure who it is that you just point to and go, yup, yeah. they're it. Vegas would tell you Purdue. I, I don't trust them. Because, you know, but they have they have every reason for you to trust Purdue. Every right? every number one seed is lost to a 16 in the first round, though, has won the national championship the very next year. So ah, it's a rule. I didn't make it up. The so. old, the old Virginia, right? So when I look at North Carolina, I see glass half full because to your point, you're going to have these weird turnarounds. You're going to have to find different ways to win. Sometimes you're going to need somebody to completely take over and let the rebounding, which is a calling card for North Carolina, do the rest of the work. 
you stack and stack and stack the confidence to know that even in these tight situations, you're going to find yourself in a position to win the game. You go back to the Georgia Tech game, right? Very similar to the Georgia Tech game in that they missed free throws down the stretch, couldn't put it away, and it took Georgia Tech in a like a clutch bucket to make it work, and yet they still had a chance at the end of the game with R.J. Davis, who has come yeah. up clutch multiple times. So I'm looking at this glass half full. I look at North Carolina's recent stretch as slog of a season, still finding ways to win, and the schedule is favorable down the line that they're going to lock this regular, you know, the number one seed in the ACC tournament up probably by Saturday when they beat NC State. I think the most important thing for North Carolina came out on Saturday when the committee said that they were a two seed. Yeah. I think what people forget is when they went to the championship game in Hubert's first year, they were on the eight line. That was a tough freaking road. I yeah. know, I know St. Pete beat Kentucky and, and, and cleared a little bit of a final hurdle there, but those games were, <laughs> I mean, those were tough games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those were, there were no gimmies other than St. Pete who, who ran out of everything. But you're on the two line now. You know you're guaranteed one R.J. Davis game in the tournament. Mm -hmm. You know you're also guaranteed one Armando Baycott game in the tournament. So now you got to figure out a way to, to win two more to get to the Final Four. And look, Carolina fans. And one of them doesn't count. The first round, it, you know, I'll knock on wood for them since I have the yeah. ticket. The first round, they should skate through. So you, you, you're going to have to need, you're going to have to win the final eight. Round of eight game is going to be a coin toss. So you got to figure out a way to win the game. Well, do you a favor. We'll do Carolina fans a favor. Oh, you want us to keep questioning? It's not even questioning. Question. It's, not, it's not about questioning Carolina. No, you're right. We, all we did was praise Hunter Salas. That's all you have to do. Instances. That's all you have to do. Nobody denigrated R.J. Davis. It's not about R.J. Davis. It is <laughs> not about the Tar Heels. It's simply you and I going, man, Wake's pretty you good. Know, you know. Hey, you know, Steve Forbes might be ACC Coach of the Year. What? What? <laughs> what? No, no, sir. Absolutely not. You will not besmirch. <laughs> My Tar Heels. So here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tweet out. I'm going to tweet out, I don't know, Saturday morning, right? When I'm oh, drinking. They, they need nothing on Saturday, sir. Is it not a Saturday? <laughs> they issue? need no okay, more. Okay, we'll find the Duke they game. Need, the Duke game. When they go to Cameron. When they go to Cameron. When they go to Cameron. It's like, you know. That is the canary in the coal mine. You when know. The winner goes. You know, Steve Forbes has done a hell of a job, man. I even tweeted out, maybe you should just be ACC Coach of the Year for the way he's dunking on Joe Lenardi. Yeah. How dare you? It's not the criteria. You're right. I know it's not the criteria, but I think we're going to come up with our own OG award Ooh, criteria. I'm on I, think, I think we should do that. I think we should do that. Housekeeping. Big thanks to Enovana for sponsoring housekeeping. Check them out online. E-N-O-V-A-N-A dot com. Uh, I have not specifically pointed out to Enovana, hey, is there something you can do about me snacking while watching nine o'clock basketball games and the crumbs they get in the couch. Mm. Is there like a special service for that? Maybe there is. I don't know. But here's the thing. Communication is key with Enovana. Their employees are their employees. It's not subcontractor on subcontractor on subcontractor. This is a company that will work directly with you. And when I say communication is key, it's key. When they came through last time, I was like, don't even bother with the kids' rooms because it's a disaster area yeah. that only they can handle. They're like, cool. However, can you do this? Absolutely. No problem. So that's what I love about Enovana. So check them out. E-N-O-V-A-N-A.com. We've got another event coming up. You know, Rand is not the only person who can provide a jingle for us. Who else? Can Might be the for payment us? today for Chip Patterson that he comes up with a... I could just hear the E-N-O-E-N-O-V-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Maybe. This cleaning service is bananas. Maybe he does that for us. I don't know. 321. 
321. Yeah, March 21st. It's Thursday. Thursday. Well, are we doing a show during this? Yes. Have we not? Have you not learned your lesson that I cannot function on the first day of the NCAA tournament? Well, not only can you not... Or am I going to have shorties too? Yeah, that's the thing that I'm actually calculating too. Because I've... <laughs> look, in this... Or is it we're okay with the spectacle now? Well, here's... So I'm glad you brought this up because this is what I struggle with. And maybe we can bring Chip Patterson in here in a second when we're done with our ads to talk about this. I, we don't have anybody like air checking us, right? Like right. we don't have a boss anymore. No, nobody's telling us like, you know, should have done it this way or whatever it is, which is fine. Oh, can I tell you something? We, yeah. Are we still doing an ad for Innovana or do we, no, we, we handle them? Okay. We, 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 we took about, care of that. Yeah, we took care of that. Okay. But I still go back and I listen to the shows and self air check. Yeah, so do I. And Thursdays, as we've done these live shows, <laughs> I don't listen. To them. I'll go back and listen to them on Thursdays. And I feel like Thursdays. <laughs> they get off the rails. That's the thing. You got to lean into it. <laughs> right. So I have to get over my own mental hurdles. I get sometimes. distracted by the comments. Yeah, you know, I know how you I am. It's so, like a squirrel. Sometimes I wonder if the listeners enjoy the train wreck of your distraction I so. I while so. I get I annoyed so. at them. I hope so. And I have to get over my annoyance at you not being focused and just lean in to the ridiculousness of it all. But you now add the layer of the perfect bracket along top with of that. booze. And the shorties. And... They have good Blantons at yes. Longleaf Swine. So that's where this is all going. Oh, the going. company is buying the company's buying that gold Blantons I've never had before. Yeah, we're going to get shots yep. that we're going to responsibly give away. Yep. Um, this is March 21st, Longleaf Swine, Edenton, and Person. Let's go. There's always parking on Edenton. There's always money in the banana stand. Very excited about them. Big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Govies and Julio. Check them out. Locations across the Triangle. Locations across North Carolina. As we've mentioned, the PNC Breeze Through is getting work. Mm. work so far this year. And as we get closer to the playoffs, it's going to continue to get more work. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do something from the breeze through. Dark roast, lottery tickets, snacks, beers. I mean, is there anything else you need in your life? Can't think of it. And when we win the lottery, we're going to have to contact Whitaker and Hammer to, well, it gets, since we're an LLC, it's split, right? Yeah. I still don't understand why I buy a lottery ticket and you think you're going to get half of it when I Did buy, you buy it with, with my money. Oh, it was your money, then it's your money. Yeah. You didn't use the. You this didn't is use, not you didn't, confusing. You didn't use the company card for it. No, because if you use the company card for then it, then it's fifty. We yeah. split it fifty fifty. Uh, other than the time that you didn't give me the twenty three dollars from the breeze through, sir. Oh yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. eh, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, check them out online. W- I H- want my two dollars. Check them out. W H dot lawyer <laughs> again. That's W H dot lawyer. Hanging out with us in studio is Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, Cover 3 podcast. You you are the podcast aficionado. You are the pro's pro. So I have a question. Okay. <laughs> Should I just lean into the ridiculousness of, of Jillio getting drunk in the middle of a podcast on a Thursday? Yes, but I do think you've got it spot on that you want to keep it to like its own corner. Because like you... <laughs> I air check the Saturday night instant reaction shows. Yeah. I air check all emergency podcasts. Like we have shows that are just flying blind mm-hmm. off the rails, rocking and rolling. I don't air check a Monday or a Wednesday show because it was planned. Sure. You know, everything was executed at 11 a.m. It wasn't at 1130 p.m. Eastern time after a full 15 hour workday. And so when you do the Thursday show, you lean into it, but you go back to just be like, okay, 
is there anything that someone's going to contact us about? <laughs> yeah, that's that, what I do. I do worry. I do, I do worry about that. <laughs> I, I lean into it, but then follow up with the, with yeah. the you know the self check so that you can at least understand what might be coming for you in the, that email inbox or the DMs. And as you know, I occasionally air check you. Yeah, I, I welcome it <laughs> all the time. <laughs> the last text. What I was said? the Fernelli had feelings? Was that about? Uh, well, um, okay, let's okay. actually get there. All right, let's actually get there. Uh, I said, Tom Fornelli, your co-host, finally showed some emotion. I was like, okay. Was I it about the coaches going back and forth? And I agree with him. Okay. Because Bud, I love Bud. He's very cynical on the topic. But Bud is so cynical and also takes things like five steps down the line yes. about things, right? <laughs> and what the conversation was about, and Joe and I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but we have talked about it off air, and I wanted to bring it up. It's actually on the list of things to talk to you about Awesome. Today. There we go. Where there's the classic hand-wringing that happens in media when college coaches go pro, right? Like, who was the jabroni who left Michigan for uh, Cleveland and then got fired, like, soon, soon, soon after? John Beeline. John Beeline, thank you. Not a jabroni. I know, I kid. Uh, he would have been if he was at NC State, if they actually worked out oh. the... Uh, <laughs> If Which coaching this, search was going to be John Beeline? Was that him coming that, from West Virginia? Do you yes. want this sidetracked or no? No, no, no. No, okay. let's, just say, <laughs> no let's sidetrack it real quick so people know the contest. John Beeline could have been the NC State basketball coach, but Lee Fowler, West Virginia, and Boosters couldn't agree on the buyout. Wasn't It wasn't the buyout. What was They it? thought he was a little bit too much like Herb. Sure. Because he was balding? Because <laughs> remember, no, no, but he's he, a ball, he's a ball coach. Like he is a he's a scheme them up master, for right? Sure. And he had a little bit too much of the Prince State offense yeah, mm-hmm. that they did with the pit snoggle, right? At West Virginia, but so, he got him to a Final Four. Right? He took Michigan, like no, Michigan, Chris Paul, not West Virginia. Right, right, right. So you had to go back to the 06 lens. Yeah, you know, it. he had success at West Virginia. He had success at the you know Division two school where he mm-hmm. won the national championship. But he was. An erudite. He was learned. He, you know, there was a comparison there. Sure. So a certain number one booster <laughs> who got ran over by Harrison Ingram earlier this year wasn't. I was ex- concerned about this hand. Was the check writing hand wasn't exactly sold on Beeline when mm. West Virginia came back and said, "Okay," or he came back, or the agent came back and said, "Hey, cool," uh, but we kind of have to pay West Virginia to leave. Yeah. That certain booster contacted the late great Colton Tudor, right there, Toots, and said, "Hey, um, could you just write a story that Phil Ford is someone we're interested in?" And Tudor was like, "Phil Ford, <laughs> State's not going to hire. Just, just, just do it. Just do me a favor. Just do it." I and love that. Beeline, then yeah, I, remember, I remember camp, when that story dropped. Beeline's camp reads the story. Like, we're about to close on this thing. You guys are talking to Phil Ford? What? And then the rest <laughs> is history. Yeah. Can you imagine State's roster at that time with Beeline system? Would have been good. Would have been. What, what I, 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 I kind of want to retcon and go back and put Shav in that offense. That's the like, but the end result would have been the same. No, you got to stop with he that. He would have gotten fed up with college no. and left for the pros. And remember, Joe, when Beeline oh, left okay. Michigan, I'm, I'm okay with that. Version. Now we're now we're going your, right? your retcon version of I know, state kidding. could never win anything with anybody. I mean, prove me wrong. Ever. Prove me wrong. <laughs> 
So the point is that when John Beeline yeah. left for the NBA, there was this great hand-wringing about what does it mean? Because he's old school he's and everything's school. going new school and you're like, oh, he wants to get out and, and he then wants we, to get away from this. And then this. we did the same thing with Kay and Jay Wright and Roy Williams and like, this is bad for... Yeah, the old, you mean the old... Jay Wright, I'll take it out of the equation, but you mean the old guys are finally coming to grips with sure. the fact that it's time to go? Sure. I don't see where this is bad for college basketball. It's just a changing of a guard. No big deal. But we seem to be doing this with college football now. Mm -hmm. It's college football's turn. Where there have been some moves that have gotten people's spidey senses going. And to get back to Tom Fornelli, I agreed with him and got mad at Bud because it's like, oh, this is bad. This is terrible for college football. People don't want to put up with NIL anymore, blah, 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 blah. And Fornelli goes, look at every single one of these dudes and look at their situations. Georgia State's coach, dude, he's going to get fired. Mm -hmm. He missed out. With his window. Now he's off to uh, South Carolina. Where his family was. The where whole he time. was going every single weekend to go see his family play athletics and not travel with the team to road games. Jeff Halfley's our dude. But he knew where it was going at Boston College. He also cut his teeth in the NFL. Yes. Like, he arrived at Ohio State as the defensive coordinator because he got the co-sign mm -hmm. from being at the Eagles and the 49ers with Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly... Same situation. Dudes had multiple cracks at being a head. Multiple no, Bill, cracks. Hey, Bill Plaschke was ready to fire him. Multiple cracks at like at this. November yes. 18th. And, and he they, was done. I, he was yeah, done. And our guy, Martin Jarmond, was like, we don't have enough money to pay the buyout unless we wait until December whatever until yeah. the buyout goes down. And then all of a sudden I'm, they were stuck. The, the point I'm is that saying, every single one of these situations is explainable because they're getting ahead of the axe man or things have just run their course and it's time I, to do something. Else. I would put Chip Kelly just in a different category okay. just because I think even if he got fired from UCLA, he could still get a job at, if nowhere else, Oregon State. As the head coach? Yes. I think Chip Kelly still has enough cachet to get a head, another head coaching job, even if it's not a power five deal. I Oh, I don't think he won. I think he, Ohio State offensive coordinator is the perfect job for Chip Kelly. Now. Yes. Okay. That's fine. He hates recruiting. Yeah, you you As guys always. Yes. You guys take care of everything else. Yeah. I mean, you got to get to scheme it up. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Chip Kelly's recruiting plan was a twenty five thousand right. dollars check to William Lyles. Right. For With a his scouting. Yeah, this, hey, this is a, a scouting cost <laughs> that just happened to come back with information that was all wrong and did not line up at all with the prospects that uh, William William, William Lyles is putting together. But twenty five thousand dollars for Supreme Scouting Services. So yeah, I don't see this as a story, but we're gonna. It's the off season. Yeah, look, Peter King, I, did you read the Peter King um, farewell piece for the no. retirement announcement? No. He actually, he made a really, really good point about, I think we all deal with this at some point if we've been doing this job for a really long time. And he said he found himself in a situation where it was tough to muster the interest or give a damn about this time of the NFL season. Like, do I really want to just talk about the combine? Do I really want to you know, throw logs in the fire of the content and all this stuff? Like, it just doesn't move me anymore. We need a dead period. Like, it's okay just to not talk about the NFL for three months. It's perfectly fine. And I do feel... I, I, that's not what they think. That's not what they think. And I feel the same way about college football from time to time, where it's like, guys, it's okay to take a break and not look for things that aren't there. Right. And I think that's one of them when it comes to these coaches that are leaving their current positions. It's not because of NIL. It's not because of... You know, kids today or whatever. Well, it's we like, made no, the you're edit. going to get fired. We made the edit. It's it's nil and transfer portal with unlimited transfers. Sure. Where you're like now it's even the one time transfer is out the window because of the courts. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like if you can transfer whenever you want and you have nil, coaches have complained always. And this is where like I don't I don't want to 
trash bud behind his back. So I want to defend him. He is talking to coaches. Yeah. He always presents. He says, coaches have always complained. Always. They have complained about every single change to the rules. Yep. It has always been something. And he's the other thing, which while they're point, getting more and more money. He's also yeah. fast forwarding down the line. He's like, guys, three to five years, not going to be a big deal. Guys, yeah. three to five years is not going to be yeah. a big deal. The problem from me trying to orchestrate this podcast, a conversation ender is not good for content. <laughs> when, when you do this conversation well, ender of like three to five years, I was like, yeah, but what about right now? Yeah. Let's talk about what's important right now, because he's thinking that we are going to see uh, a player to coach salary start to even up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the NFL is wildly different, but the NFL also has incredible differences in terms of the compensation for the talent, the employees, and the compensation for the coaches, the management. And so as we look into college football's future, I do think that coach salaries, uh, it, it, like you can't just say an SEC job is $8 million per year flat and your coaching yeah. and your assistant pool is going to be $5 million. So, I, mean, right. I just think that that's going to come down a little bit. Players are going to, you know, raise a little bit and then uh, we'll, we'll have a little bit more balance. There. I don't think you can, comp- I think you're right in saying that Halfley and others are taking a step ahead of the jailer. Mm-hmm. And we've had enough conversations with Jeff Halfley. He's a smart guy. Well, you, I, you know what I mean? I call it restarting the clock. Yeah. You just, yeah, you, yeah. Go, you go and sure. you restart the clock. I, I tell sure. him it's always about your next contract, mm-hmm. but I don't think you can also dismiss on NIL. I think in particular, when you look at Boston College's situation, you look at Jeff Halfley and take away the two-time transfer because he probably thought he struck gold in Castellanos. Right. Because that's the perfect time to get a quarterback. They've already transferred once. So now you got him for three years. So sure. he probably thought he was set at that position, sure. first of all. But second of all, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, is is Boston College ever going to be able to compete in the NIL space? And the answer is no. no. Do you want to hear something funny? They tried so hard and they kept their defensive line together going into 2023 because of NIL. They had bigger programs sniffing around yeah, those guys. Of course. And Halfley worked his tail off mm-hmm. to be able to move things together, to be mm-hmm. able to keep everyone and say, all right, this is a year. And he even said, um, you know, he he indicated that last year he was like, I, I should be able to get this team to a bowl game. Sure. They're looking at it on paper. And then every single game was 27 to 24. Like, and, Holy Cross, 27 yeah. to 24. Virginia, 27 screwed. to 24. And I mean, he did the, screw up the quarterback situation. Like too. those margins being so thin, I could yeah. see him just being like, um. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that the, the coaches will complain, then the coaches get what they want, and then they'll start to complain about what they just got. Yeah. Right. And I mean, we saw this with Mac Brown in North Carolina last year in the Tez Walker situation. I mean, it's like, you all have been complaining about this stuff for a while. We got to put guardrails. We got to do this. We got to do that. Okay. Well, fine. We're going to execute this stuff. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is unfair to the kids. Think of the children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, now. So I'm I'm not trying to pick on Matt Crown. I'm just giving you the latest example locally of how that happened. Like, just they complain all the time. Just complain all the time. And what I find fascinating here going forward is not only do they complain, but they keep going back to the well with the fences that eventually get beat in the courts, right? Mm -hmm. So at some point, at some point, you say in three to five years or whatever it is. At some point, they're just going to have to start putting out contracts. You want there are solutions to this. Yes, there yeah. are solutions to this. So why won't you actually execute on those solutions rather than coming up with new inventive ways to not pay players and then find yourself either broke because the boosters don't have that money or taking yet another L in the courts? I think this is the disconnect that Chip is talking about with Bud. When you yeah. talk to coaches, they're just you know you and I have had conversations with basketball coaches. I know who are just as frustrated. Like yes. I would love for them to be employees. Yes, I would love to have some sort of ability to know who's going to be on my roster and who's not going to be on my roster. 
Yeah. You know, one of the coaches who I talked to, one of your colleagues was complaining about like that the calendar is just so screwed up in college football. Like you can't even breathe. So on and, Dece- and the management of your roster in De- December. December 20th is when the first round of the college football playoff is going to start the expanded 12 team format. Yeah. And that was also early signing day. So imagine you were preparing to compete for a national championship while also trying to lock down because you're competing for a national championship. The blue chip players who all commit during the early signing period and don't even wait till February anymore. So you're trying to do all those things at the same time while also doing roster retention, Mm -hmm. while also trying to figure out who's going to be jumping in the portal. Alabama lost 26 players to the transfer portal, but only 10 of them were after Nick Saban retired. They had guys in the portal before the playoffs started. It's amazing. Yeah, including their backup quarterback. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But, you know, the reason we have you on today, other than we enjoy your company, I thought the story you wrote about how the playoff is going to be shaped is, I, I read it initially and I was like, everyone... The net sucks, Chip. College football needs a net. <laughs> and then I was Hear reading me out. Quad one, quad two wins for college football. But, but then I'm reading it. And this is actually something I feel rather passionate about. So I think it's always important to give people history. Sure. All right. From 1936 until 1997, we let people like me vote to who's going to be the national champion. And coaches. And coaches, yeah. two separate polls, but mm-hmm. no one sat in a room and said, Hey, what did you think of Texas versus Washington? What did you think of Florida State compared to Alabama? Right? Like, we never had those conversations. They even, up until like 68, they gave away the national championship before the bowl games were played. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I think people need to understand the amount of progress that was made between 36 to 97, right? Then we get the BCS, which was a computer formula, a pure computer formula. Don't just leave out the bowl alliance, sir. (laughs) Well, it didn't really accomplish much. I'm just saying. The the BCS 98 through 13 gives us a computer spitting out the top two teams. And how many times was it really wonky? Off the top of my head, LSU... In Saban's LSU title, that oh, wasn't for, really his. Oh, for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, and then Auburn. Yeah, you know, there, there's a couple. There's like one or two years where they spit out. I think the wrong team, Nebraska, in 01 when they Maybe. played Miami. That yeah. shouldn't have been Nebraska. Uh, they had lost to Colorado by like 40 points the, the week before. So now you had a computer. So then I thought in 14 they had the right idea of saying, "All right, we're going to a 14 playoff, and we're going to have 12 people sit in a room and talk about it." Like that's smart. That's evolution. That's mm-hmm. progress. But what you're writing in the story is, and as we've seen, you know, the, the hope and wish of, well, it'll work itself out. Well, it'll work itself out. And finally, in year 10, we finally got, huh. <laughs> it's always been so easy. So I've been writing about the playoff a lot. And, you know, I, I was retrofitting models when I was yeah. writing about like the five plus seven the week before. And I just kept coming back to, this is going to be tough. Yeah. This is going to be in, it's just a such tougher decisions that are made. And the way that the committee does this, when they vote on every single spot, one by one, and only two teams get put up on the screen and they got green dots and red dots, which they and manipulate. You just go, yeah. boop, 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 <laughs> and you just keep sliding them up and down and you get these convoluted results that you look back and you're like, I don't know if you got this right. How did this team end up falling all the way down? Why is this team all the way up there? And so that's where to, it's so funny. You mentioned that because, it does sound a little clickbaity. Like, 
what if the playoff had the net? Like that was the starting point. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, but, but as I started digging into it, I was like, no, what's important is that we evaluate all of college yeah. football. And, and I don't it, care whether it's a net rating. I don't care whether whatever tool you use, we just cannot look at this through a top 25 lens because the line between 25 and 26 is so small. And 25 and 40 is and so small. You've been trying to decide on the top four and that normally does work itself out. And the decisions from five to 12 were meaningless. Mm-hmm. So who goes to the Cotton Bowl versus right. who goes to the Peach? Now this is going to decide who gets to be home field advantage in the first round of the college football playoff. Who is not going to get in? And so we need to have better tools because the amount of teams that are going to be competing for five through 12, that group is so much larger than if you had to pick the four best teams and calling just like top 25 wins is the most arbitrary crap. Once again, this is something the OG could, could handle. Ovius is the vibes person Mm. and I'm the, analytical person so they need some sort of criteria and i've said this to mike kelly our friend at uh south florida used to be with the bc with the uh college football playoff i told him forever i'm like just use the sagrin ratings like i'm not trying to be go full vegas guys but i'm like you need something that illustrates to people okay michigan's strength of schedule is this michigan's power number is this you have to give us a comparison point so that we can look at these people other than as you illustrate in the article on uh, CBS sports. Oh, you're top 25 as we've talked about forever, Joe Clemson, you know, the years Clemson's getting close to the top four magically Louisville and <laughs> NC state are now, Oh, look, look, at that. look who's number 23. Look who's number 21. Well, why is that? Well, let's to justify number four. And that's because when you get past like 18 on any ballot, it oh, is just yeah. throw your hands up. Yes. I mean, I, uh, and I, I mentioned this in the piece. I, I fill out a ballot for the CBS Sports 134 every single Sunday. <laughs> I only do one. I don't know how you do it. Hey, 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 I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I only do one through 50 because my, my thought is like the top 60, like in power ratings, those are all your plus numbers. Yeah. After you get yeah. like 65, 66, those are all your negative numbers. Like I just want good teams. Yeah. So I fill out a top 50. And from 25 to 45, it is very, very little difference. Now, was it Kennesaw State that's joining? Yeah. Are you gonna? Hoo-hoo. Are you gonna? Are is Pip, <laughs> no owls? Is Pip Chatterson gonna take over Kennesaw State and start that dynasty for uh, college football 24, 25? I, I've got some like really, really. I've got some ethical decisions to <laughs> yeah. make. The game's coming up. For those who don't know, <laughs> Chip. Chip is one of those guys. Chip is that guy. <laughs> You're still you. How long did you rock NCAA fourteen? I was into a. Um, Safe space, Chip. It's fine, Chip. There, There's no judgment here. There was a time when my oldest son, who will be turning four this summer, mm-hmm. where I was trying to do the like, and he was a baby baby, and I was trying to do the like, yeah, yeah, you you take a shower. I got this. And I tried to start gaming. Oh, dude, I know that. And nothing, I know that. Nothing happened. Of course not. But I will say there is a close enough call yeah. during that time that uh-huh. it rocked me to my core, uh-huh. which is why I say ethical decisions uh-huh. that need to be made in terms of how I'm going to spend dude. my time. I had Pip Chatterson uh, the first, or he was just Pip Chatterson. I got him into like season 2026, which is like 13 years in. I got Pip Chatterson the second into like 2027. And remember, my Xbox 360 sounds like a jet engine right. every single yes. time it starts. Dude, that heat sink is no joke, and man. And you could, you could only play like one or two games before it just blanked <laughs> right, out and right. cut off. 
So I was really committing a lot to these dynasties. And, uh, you know, I, I my most memorable runs, I, I ended up at <laughs> Virginia. Yeah, when Virginia Tech came to offer, I was like, come on, enter Sandman Lane Stadium. We got to go there. I actually had a run with Washington. You know, I like Husky Stadium a lot. The yeah. Gating yeah. Right so as a coach or as a player, you were doing you this. as a coach, yeah. a coach. Okay. And, and that's when you're in like my, my buddy, Kevin Clark, like he's been laughing about this a lot. He's like, nothing was better than when you were cutting a 92 rated junior just to make room on your roster for the 91 rated <laughs> freshman who might end up being even yeah. higher down the There's line. A, this is a game that I never actually <laughs> got into the dynasty. Mode. I never did. I didn't have the time. Right. Or I was too interested in playing other games. Sure. Like, like you, you're talking about your kid and playing this video game while making sure that everything's all good. Dude, when Caleb was born, I played so much Halo 3 and Halo Reach, <laughs> and he was like asleep on me. Right. When Grand Theft Auto 4 came out with Nico, Kelly was convinced that his first words were going to be F-bombs and various other things because of the voice A track. Flock of, of seagulls. Right. He, well, that was Vice City. But anyway, the point being that there's so much cursing going on in that game that she was like, you know, he's going to repeat the stuff that he's hearing on this video. I'm like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> he just has the, the sound of like uh, choppers right. and the sirens right. for when you get the five stars. <laughs> like, <"Arr!" laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I play it for him now, it would be like, wait a minute. I remember this from my childhood. It's a formative memory, a core memory. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know what the so system... So what are you going to do now? I don't know what the up, system needs left, right, to be, if, yeah. but we need to, uh, we need to evaluate more than 25 teams. But here's the, here's the thing about the game. That's going to be coming out. I feel, and this is all anecdotal, so don't get me wrong. I don't feel that this is a game that's going to be made for current college kids. This is a game that's going to be made for adults like us who still pine for the days when we had time when we were in college or just out of college that we could do this kind of thing. And this is probably going to be their first video game purchase in a long time that wasn't for their kid. And buddy, you're going to find out the hard way that gaming ain't what it used to be. Like, oh, I'm just going to get this disc and I'm going to pop no. it into the into the machine. No. No. You're going to have <laughs> no. an 80 gig file you got to download. No. You got to register XYZ and then the labyrinth of menus I'm guessing you're going to have to go to. I am. I don't think I'm prepared. Hey, I don't even have the system to run it because it ain't running on, on a Nintendo <laughs> Switch. I got right. I got laughed off the podcast when I was talking about how they were going to have uh, players sign in copies at Best Buy's, and they said, "Wait, you think they still do physical copies?" <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know. Um, I if at a minimum, it will be a nostalgia hit for people who played the first game. Yes, and it's, it's like somebody asked me about the cultural impact, and I I think that that is a minimal cultural impact. Agree if. If, and this is a big if, I don't think it will be that way. But when I was playing NCAA football 03 with Joey Harrington on the cover, my friends and I were introduced to college football programs mm. and the like sort of their awareness in a way that wasn't readily available no, in 2002. You. And it made us love the national college football product because we grew up in Raleigh, you know, the triangle home of seven and five, eight and four football, beat your rivals, win your yep. home games, yada, 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 which by the way is what I think is great about college football. But this was us being like, Oh, these, you know, these teams in the big 10 or the PAC 12 or the sec, like the, these teams have these huge stadiums and these yep. incredible sounds. And yeah, I didn't know that was Minnesota's fight song. I thought it was Broughton's. But <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh yeah. So to your point about that, 
it was a different time where not everything was readily available to you. Because what you're saying about college football and how it introduced you to the larger fabric of college football also applied to things like NHL 93. Yes. Where growing up in South Florida, yeah, you had the Florida Panthers, but if you really wanted to learn about hockey, you weren't watching it on uh, the regional sports network at that time. You were doing it because, oh, I got this video game and I know that the Chicago Blackhawks are freaking loaded. <laughs> oh, Wayne Gretzky. Okay, got it, right? So see, I I have a nasty habit of buying the system that's going to die <laughs> quick. Dreamcast? Yep. Yeah, Dreamcast was awesome. Dude, Dreamcast was amazing. Yeah. So I got away from the EA Sports games and was all in on the Sega Sports, including NFL 2K. NFL 2K was off game. the charts. So yeah. they took that engine and they made a college football game out of that. And it had Drew Brees on the cover. You remember this one? This is when Philip Rivers was still at NC State too, by the way. And to your point, it was interesting to go see the models of the stadiums. I'm like, oh, okay, that's who's in this conference. Okay, that's what the stadium looks like. Oh, okay, that's massive compared to Carter Finley, all this other stuff. But now, the kids that are coming up, you have everything online but through social you, media. You have gambling too. But I don't know. So if you're going to know the, who these people are based on gambling, not because of the video game. Yeah, I, I just don't know if you're going to be like curious enough. I, I just, I, again, I am not counting on this, but the cultural impact of the NCAA football video game coming back will be limited to nostalgia unless I see evidence of younger generations see, I'm with you on this. Being, being like, oh, okay. Yeah, you and I are on the same page on this. What I'm getting at is the reason why part of that cultural impact is not going to hit for this college football game is because of all the other ways that high school and college kids today can engage with the product that you and I and Joe were never yeah. able to do so. The youths sure. are into gambling. Very much. They love game. stupid props. Love a prop, ladder bets, all these other things that are going on where the video game's like, cool. Can you gamble on the video game? <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, you can if you want to. <laughs> so I do think. Have you ever played? Did you, were you a um, Super Tecmo person? No. He's too young for that. Okay, well, yeah. there's a coach. There's a computer versus a computer, and there's a coach versus coach mode. We would set lines <laughs> and do the computer simulation. Did did you have it? Did you did you have a house going it. at yes. uh, at the tournament? Yes. Yeah. Oh, not on that okay, this one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but no, there was a computer mode where right. you let it play yeah. out, and you were like, "Oh, the Niners are playing the Giants. They're favored by six. Well, that's one of the ways that you would get through the dynasty. By the way, is you, you would, simulate you'd simulate games, or yeah. you would get up by enough, and you could do sim to end, yeah. and just simulate the rest of the game. Yeah. So you would just jump in only when you're on offense or you're like, jump in only when you knew you needed to get your quarterback two more touchdowns to keep him in the Heisman race. You know, like you just, it, I almost feel like it's, in and out. there's like two separate, there's two separate games. And I know EA got into this for a while where they did essentially coach simulators, right? Like, or it was a, it was a soccer game. It was just called something, something manager. You didn't actually play soccer in this game. You did transfer market and things yeah. like essentially that. Essentially yeah. what it was, it was like playing the Sims, but for sports yeah, or my, a roller coaster tycoon, but for sports, my, my oldest, was in the same way you treated NCAA. They treated NBA 2K. I can see that. They would simulate. You, you download the rosters. Like the one thing, James, who was interested in doing this stuff for a living, one of his all-time great calls. Now, maybe it was obvious, but like he told me about Victor Wembanyama like <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> like he had Wembanyama on some sort of simulated roster for like the draft class of 23. And I'm like, this was like 19, 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, who is this guy? He's like, oh, he's going to be the greatest player of all time. Da, 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 this and that. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I was like, but they had the rosters. You download them, you mm -hmm. play them. But it, they they played like, they barely played. It was, you know, you draft a team and put it, put it all on, you know, your, your dynasty mode. 
I also think that uh, the adults like us that go back and pick up this game and there's online play, we're going to learn real quick. We don't got it like we used to. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm not Dude. in that. And because part of that also, like my Dude. nostalgia hit is going to be communal. Yeah. It's going to be having four to five people over. You hit random three times. Those are your three options. Yeah, yep. You know, like, yep. and I hit random three times. <laughs> got to pick the best of that. Yep. All right, let's go kick it off and see what happens. Yeah, no. I'll, can I come over? I want to play. Yeah, well, I, don't have, I don't have a system to run. We, we it, did so. at, uh, at the old gig. We did some, uh, some video content. We did. At, yeah, uh, so at Mill Street. It's interesting. We, you and I had done a video where. You know, this is when the talk of the game coming back was oh, really starting. Joshua let us come over to Shady's and do something. Oh, sure. But we, yeah. I busted out Bill Walsh college football right. for the Sega Genesis right. and the Super Nintendo and then the evolution of how. Well, you gotta, I have whatever, a, a PS5. Is that the you, most You should one? be good. You should be yeah. good. Yeah, we have one of those. And you should get the players. And I guess the players are all going to get like 600 bucks for the game. Six hundred bucks and the game, and ooh, and, but then they said and games hundred bucks basically, and yeah. and ambassadors will have other deals, and that's okay, when I said, go. okay, so that means that Rocco Becht, who is the returning starting quarterback for Iowa State, only you is going to <laughs> going to be, at, and that's when I said he's going to be at a Best Buy in Ames, yeah. and he's not just going to get the six hundred bucks; he's going to get another little yeah. side deal to be able yeah. to go out there and do a promotional Take thing selfies for instead he, of signing. Copies. Yes, How yeah, about yeah, that? yeah. So that's I think yeah. that there will be opportunities for players. Players who do have marketable value. Yeah, that I mean, Drake sense. May this year should have been able he to do that. that. Yeah, Saban on the cover. Is he? I don't know. That's, uh, it's just you want to get lost no, in the conversation. You, you can't have a first year where you're finally paying the players and put a coach on the cover. We ah. were the best suggestion I, I heard was every Heisman winner since the game went away. You have different editions. I can see that for your you, region. Yeah, and you allow yeah, like Phil Steele magazines with the regional covers. You get different. You get an opportunity if your favorite player, your favorite player, won the Heisman Trophy. They would have certainly been on the game. Yeah, but, but now, if I'm EA, but, I got to pay them, don't I? Yes, they got money. Uh, they got <laughs> money, dude. They have money. EA's got a ton of money. I understand that, but I think that'll be the most interesting thing to me always was the numbers, right? So even yeah. if you had 85 Auburn, you're like number 34. Like, I wonder who that is. Uh, well, he's a 99. Are they actually going to go back and pay Bo if, Jackson? Well, if I, I, if I understand it correctly, EA is putting it in a way that you can't necessarily do that anymore. Like the Correct. days of going online, finding the guy who's got a PS2 memory card yeah. with everything on it, that's gone. They have a way, because everything's online uh, now. Life they can, will life's going to find, find a, a way, way, but online <laughs> DRM makes it, so that's going to be difficult and to it do, does I sound think. like they're not leaning into the legend teams no okay so, yeah yeah no. that's and now, that's the reason no now will there be the mascot teams has to oh has oh, to oh buddy that's why oh three was oh. such a watershed moment for me why i bought it for my gamecube did you ever Again, play another dead system option dash yes okay yes option dash is only option oh and if you yeah. could do the mascot teams and start playing option dash, I mean, Ralphie? you're just doing primary, secondary Dude. reads. I'm throwing it to Puddles the Duck and this letting is, him hit the sideline. This <laughs> is the, the, that, those mascot <laughs> games are pure. Let's crack open some groove wagons. Yes, yes. Hang out and just lack cackle while we're doing these things, right? I felt bad. I get the bourbon. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you with the bourbon. Coffee, that's what we need. I, I, I name dropped my roommates from uh, junior year, and I was like, "We played option dash for hours yeah. and hours." And Which you like, don't have time to do that anymore. No, yeah, exactly. Because no. I think that's again, I'll, we'll we'll close on this. That's the part that I don't think it's going to be an awakening for a lot of us, where you're like hype about this game, and then you sit down, and you realize, "Damn it, I do not have time." No, 
I just don't have time to do what I used to do. Heck, I experienced this with Zelda, for heaven's sake. In college, man, I would have beaten that Zelda game in a week. I'm still working on this last game, man. Tears of the Kingdom. Still. Because I just haven't had time to do it, man. Before other things take priority. You know, uh, Jillian mentioned earlier, like, what, what, do I have the technical capability to work on jingles for you? Yes. Yes. Do you know how long <laughs> it while. takes to, like, actually go through the pro? I mean, I'm sure Brian, I mean, Brian's probably doing it, like, regular, a nice price. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it's something where he's like, oh, yeah, everything's set up. I can just go do, 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 and, like, start to put together some music. But I would, I would be like, all right, I'm going to need a weekend. And then I would come back with three jingles. Yeah, I was actually texting with Brian last night and I told him, hey, man, Joe wants a longer cut of that Michael McDonald inspired intro is like is the one that he likes the latest revision or the one that sounds a little woozy. I'm like latest revision, blah, 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 blah. But then he was very proud of himself saying, oh, by the way, I'm almost embarrassed how much I liked that metal stinger that we put with the triangle media occult yeah. thing. Right. It's like pure 90s stern. That little drum thing at the end was finger drums and one take and maybe my greatest accomplishment in life. But he does it. He tinkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tinkering all the time. Right, right, right. And that, and that's the other issue too. I love Brian, but it's like, dude, because you know me. Chip knows me. Joe, you know me. I'm like, man, I just need it. I trust you. Just give me one version. Brian can't help himself. He's like, I know. I heard it back, and the drums are a little off. If anybody says anything about the bass being a little bit attitude, I'm like, dude, nobody's gonna notice. And if everybody does notice that, I'm gonna tell him to go outside and touch grass. Okay, (laughs) because it's just my guy Brian helping me out. With some stingers, man. That's I, all it is. I feel like in 2017 or 2018, you reached out and I sent you some stuff and I didn't hear back. <laughs> and it was like, Chip, what, what you do with way too much time on your hands does not necessarily work on radio. <laughs> I don't remember this. I mean, it was just... it. I, I had from 2015 to 2019 or so... I had a lot of like studio equipment that was set up and ready to go. Yes. And I was always tinkering and yes. I was always noodling. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and that's, yeah, I just want Chip to sit at a piano and be like, E. Bang it out. And, uh, E. Yeah. And, uh, be a, and, all right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Chip, get out of here, man. Thanks for hanging out. Cover through podcast. It's simple, right? What do we do? Come on. What, we'll, uh, when you get the game, when you get the game, we'll bring the groove wagon. We'll have a good old time. And the, uh, the bourbon as well. We'll have a good old time. Love it. Sounds good. Y'all be well. I mean, we had to break out the riff after we shouted out Brian over at Nice Price. Big thanks to Chip Patterson for hanging us out, hanging out with us. And big thanks to Homefield for sponsoring us. Homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23. We are getting very, very close to the start of the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. They got fire on fire on fire when it comes to their retro designs. Maybe I should get a Creighton jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Matthew in, in the Greenville Tar Heel sent me a tweet. Yeah. He was like, hey, we finally found something that you and UNC fans agree on hating Creighton. I feel like I need to lean in, lean into this. We should have some, some, I hate Creighton shirts. Let's do it. Or you can go get some of their swag at homefieldapparel.com. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull this up. Ah, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, Cause we always get into weird tangents when we do the home field read for whatever it's, it is. It's a thing, but yes, it is the predator meme, uh, basketball <laughs> fans and Jillio uniting on finally. the hatred of Creighton basketball. That's, there it is. That's what I tweeted. Like, finally, if I could change, <laughs> you could change. We can all change. So use the promo code OG 23 to save 15% off your order. Speaking of saving incentives, buying a new house, construction, new construction might be the way to go if you are in the market for a new house and Hometown Realty can help you out with that. 
Yeah, go to myhtr.com. Six locations from here to the coast. More than 250 agents. You want to get in on the new construction. You want to get ahead of the frenzy. Go check them out. It's myhtr.com. Also, big thanks to Butcher's Market tonight in the Ovius House. It's Tuesday. You know what that means? It is time to break out the Ovius family recipe. Ancient Ovius family secret. The charred jalapeno chicken breast to make fajitas. Although now that I've had the maple chicken, man. Game changer for you? I don't know. Game changer for you? So many options. It's really it's too good. good. It is really good stuff. So head on to the Butcher's Market. Locations across the Triangle. New location, Lake Boone Shopping Center. They got all your goodies, including prepared meals. So check out the Butcher's Market. All right. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline from the ACC Network, ESPN. He is Westerham, the voice of the ACC. I know you can't legally say that, but we can. You're the OG you. voice of the ACC. So this is uh, this is the cool thing about knowing you for a long time. You had texted me and Joe about some cool event that you were doing in Greensboro that just happened to be you and Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski, and you were in the <laughs> middle of the Greensboro Coliseum Court. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? What is this for? And we get to find out on Wednesday night on the ACC yeah. Network. That's what that was all about. So tell us about how this kind of came about with Mike. Oh, Shetsky. man. Well, okay. So Julio can go back to his uh, journalism days on this. You know how like somebody tells you something and then it kind of leads. Remember, Joe, like you got a piece of information and that piece of information then got layered to something else and ultimately layered like two or three more times. And the next thing you know, you got a, a story. Yeah. That's that's exactly what happened here. Um, about 55 weeks ago, you guys know Rob Goodman, right? Who's a sports yeah. marketing executive in Greensboro, used to be in television. Rob came up to me when I was in Chapel Hill doing a game and said, hey, I need to ask you something. He said, Mac Morris, who's the old basketball coach at Page High School, he coached Danny Manning in Greensboro. Uh, Phil Weaver was at Grimsley. They run the North Carolina Coaches Association, which is mostly known throughout the state as the host of the East-West All-Star Game every summer, right? And so Mac Morris had worked it out where Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams were going to come to Greensboro in July, and they were going to do a clinic at the North Carolina Coaches Association. Well, in his conversations with both Roy and Mike, uh, it became evident that Roy and Mike didn't want to stand in front of a whiteboard and draw motion offense or zone defense or traps or whatever. They wanted to have a conversation. They thought that'd be better for the clinicians. And Mac said, well, we need somebody to do it. And Mike and Roy both suggested independently, hey, see if Wes will do it. So Mac Morris was calling me to see if I would come kind of host a conversation with Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski. Okay. And then the next thing in our second conversation, Mac said, hey, Wes, do you think anybody would want to televise this? <laughs> do I think? Are Jeez. you kidding? And I said, well, you know, coach, it goes a couple different ways here. One, would they be okay with it? So Mac then made the original call back to Roy and Mike to say, hey, if we televise this and turn it into a, is that okay? And they both agreed to it. Mm. And what ended up happening was I then talked to Aaron Katzman, who at the time was with ACC Network. I ended up talking to Jeremy Michaels, who you guys have met before, who's in programming. Yeah. And then it fans back into Raycom because Raycom has a production agreement with the ACC Network to do some specials and shows. Ooh, Florida's and, 
upset about this already, Wes. Well, you know, they'll have to get over it. But anyway, um, (laughs) the the idea then kind of germinated in conversations with Rob Reichley, who's with Raycom, Jordan Smith, who ended up being the production. He was the lead producer on this event. We had a great crew, and we did a one-hour and 25, 28-minute visit, and it turned into a one-hour television show that airs on Thursday night, or Wednesday night, rather. Very cool. Yeah, and it, it was fun to do, and and Rob and Jordan and I and some other people got involved because when you do something like this, and you guys know this, you just can't go and the earth cooled and right. You kind of have to, you kind of got to whittle it down. And so what we decided to do was start chronologically with their careers and in coaching. Like yeah. the the first question is, so when did you decided you wanted to become a coach? And we kind of went from there. And I think at the end, it's a it's a pretty informative and enlightening hour. I think it is them uh, agreeing on some things. And in other places, what they also do is they kind of shed light as to why they were successful. And then there's the part about the clinic where they talk about building teams and building teamwork and leadership and things like that. And they both tell really interesting stories about recruiting. Um, and there are a couple of insights to the rivalry that I think will be really unique for people to hear how much Carolina and Duke respect one another and how the other realizes, you know, one school realizes how important the other is to the rivalry for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, what did you learn from Roy? I, I always enjoy story time with Roy. Um, well, I'll save the answer for the show, but I asked Roy and Mike both but I got a direct answer from Roy on was there ever a guy on the other team in the Carolina Duke rivalry you wish you'd coached? Mm-hmm. And I, I got a really good answer. I got a really good answer from Roy. And then the other thing that you find from Mike Krzyzewski is um, the values he placed on like, there's a question in there about what the difference is between a great team and a championship team. And I think you're going to find both of their answers really revealing as to what that separates in the end. If you wanted them to have some animosity, I feel like I should have told you about a Nick Collison question. That's the, that's the hot button that, you know, when, when Roy got here yeah. from Kansas, oh, yeah. they weren't at the, where they, obviously where they are now at the end of their careers. No, no there chance. Animosity there. Even, even, even mm-hmm. up to the Gerald Henderson, Tyler Hansborough incident, there was yep. some animosity there. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really after that where Mike reached a point in his career where he realized, okay, I'm finally where Dean was when I was kind of on the come up. And I think this all ties into where the ACC is headed and where we're all headed with this league and and what it's going to look like in a few years. I think they took it upon themselves to be, you know, the flag bearers and shepherds of this league. And they yeah. understood that role and, and and how important that was. And we're seeing that now. Uh, you know, I'm not going to denigrate the current crop of coaches by saying, what's wrong with you? You're not a Hall of Famer. What's wrong right. with you? You don't have nine Final Fours. What's wrong with or, you? You don't have five national championships, or, you know, or, or, you know, look, it's interesting. This this past week in the aftermath of the Duke weight game, you saw two instances where coaches are advocating for the league, but they're doing it in different mm-hmm. ways. One is more modern. One is old school. Right. To your point, John Shire isn't Mike Krzyzewski yet because he doesn't have any of the Final Fours. He doesn't have any of the championships. He's got one ACC tournament championship. Awesome. That's great. Don't make me punch you on on your own podcast. podcast. 
He has an ACC championship. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Regardless, he's not there yet. Even though when Wes he was would do the same. So when he was even. stumping for when he was <laughs> stumping for Wake Forest, he sounded a hell of a lot like Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. All right. He just yes. doesn't care. He doesn't carry the weight yet. But right. he sounded just like Coach K in talking about mm-hmm. weight, right? In the concept of Hey, they're good and they're good because they beat us. Just so you know, you know, it's all sorts of, there's layers, <clears throat> but Forbes, see Forbes is interesting because if he sticks around at Wake Forest, cause that's the other thing about yeah. Roy and Kay is that they stuck around their places for a yep. really time. If Forbes manages to stick around and Mitch Shaw keeps just writing checks. So he does. Shout out to Mitch Shaw, by the way. Forbes actually is built for the current age of how yeah. coaches have to talk. And I think that was great in how he went after the bracketology. Uh, if, Joe to, if they're Joe to back up, can't Mitch Shaw throw us 50 grand like he did on tie dye t shirts? That's a great question. Saturday. It's a great question. When I when I see him a week from Saturday at the Clemson game, I'll have that conversation yeah, with him. He and I he and I he and I at Atlanta guys, we get along. We're good. Mitch are good. Tell him to just break off like five of it. I don't I don't need all of it. Just, just um, our 2023 taxes. Yeah, we we're, we're good on that front. <laughs> let me let me uh, go back to what Joe said originally about Kay and Roy. Yeah, I think you're going to find. And one of the things there, there were a couple of objective pieces. I wanted like some must that I wanted to get into the special. Right. And one was I, I wanted to give Mike the runway to talk about his relationship with Dean. And I thought that was really important. And we did. We do provide that runway. The second thing is this, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Roy and Mike grew together. I mean, they left in you know sequential years the game, right? But Roy and Mike grew. Roy came here after what was it, Joe? Sixteen years, I think, at Kansas. Eighteen years or something at Kansas, and stayed sixteen at Carolina or something like that. The the idea here that Roy. And you guys uncovered this when you did your visit with him back in the back in the uh, radio days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you you find out that there's a lot of respect and a lot of appreciation for being the basketball coach at North Carolina, the basketball coach at Duke, as it relates to Duke and Carolina. And I think they both show that you're going to see that, but I also think too the maturity of their experience and their relationship is showed uh, in the special on Wednesday night as well. West Durham, ESPN, ACC Network. So this is going to be Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. Right. Following Duke and Louisville uh, at Cameron. And then, so let's say 9.05, 9.07, somewhere along in there. Yeah, nothing ever starts on time. Um, <laughs> you're you're actually, speaking of 9 o'clock, you got a, you got a 9 o'clock tip tonight. What, Florida State? Yep. Yeah, yep. Late night, late night at the uh, Tucker Center, the artist formerly known as the Leon County Civic Center. Right. Um, we, uh, Corey Alexander and I, Corey, you talk about a guy who's, you know, living on the big old general liners. Um, you know, he goes from RJ Davis's 42 last mm-hmm. night in, uh, in Chapel Hill to, uh, what might be 42 combined shots between Jameer Watkins and DJ Horn tonight. Um, you know, I look, I think NC state, the NC state's in a spot where they're still kind of in the hunt with Clemson and these guys, you know, with Wake Forest. And it's going to be really interesting going down the stretch. I'm not so sure, by the way, and I'll add this, I'm not so sure that if Virginia's not careful, they're the one who's the four seed in Washington and Wake can move to the three seed. I I think the Deacons' last three games, I mean, I know there's Clemson at the end that could have a lot of implications where it could be for the bye at the end. 
But, but I think it's going to be really interesting to watch the last 10 days of the regular season unfold for sure. Yeah, speaking of which, you, you bring up R.J. Davis, and we'll get out of here on this. Ooh. He's the ACC Player of the Year, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, in fact, I, I would, you know, this won't be a very popular opinion on your podcast. Um, I think that it's, and this is just a kind of a grassroots poll here, okay? All right. I, I'm believing it's R.J. Davis, Reese Beekman, easy for me to say, uh, P.J. Hall, mm. and I, I'm going to say right now Kyle Filipowski, but I would say Filipowski of the guy and Hunter Salas of Wake Forest. I, Filipowski's first-team status, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, I It's going to get I don't it's going to get real interesting. I don't see it with Cal Filipowski. Cal Filipowski has had a weird season where he has had a quiet stat stuffing uh, year. I understand the the voting has changed. Mm-hmm. I yes. will believe, I will believe that our when it happens is not first team All ACC when he's not named first team All ACC. Well, let me offer you this. No, he, he had how many? Po- he's had he, he had how many points last night? I don't. I did Five? not. I didn't even look at five. All, all, all I know is that RJ Davis outscored the entire team. But but here's here's where I'm going with this, Julio. <laughs> he was really the the push here from the push here on number one Hunter Salas being as productive as he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, RJ Davis Player of the Year. Bottom line, yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah. He the Hunter the Hunter Salas emergence, the consistency of PJ Hall. Those three. Respeak, we're not even consistency. But here's the other one that's coming into play: Blake Henson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Blake Henson in two road games went off in the two places that Pitt never had a chance to win. First time since yeah. 1979 on one and 1974 on the other. Blake Henson was a star. Older guys. And, I love it. Mm-hmm. And they may make the tournament. They should. They should. I, I believe it. Look, all this uh, riffraff of a month ago of John Rothstein 2 and Joe Lenardi 3 is out the door now because, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at four, five, or six, and I'm hoping it's six by Selection Sunday. And your ACC Coach of the Year in the week and a half left is? Ooh. I don't know how I can't be Forbes. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's Hubert. I think it's Hubert, too. Honestly. I mean. Look, it could be Hubert. I, I don't disagree. I think, okay, who's your Rookie of the Year? Oh, it's got to be McCain. I think because McCain's actually he's still he, doing freshman, right? It, right. Yeah. Does that count? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So freshman. I, yeah. I we're still doing freshman. McCain because McCain is actually emerging. Joe and I've talked about this a bunch and why. Phil- I agree with that on McCain. He's emerged. Philip Philipowski is a funny conversation because the one who actually would scare me if I played Duke is not Philipowski, even though he is one that people right. go, oh, well, he's an NBA guy. Oh, he's put up, you know, this double, blah, 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 blah. Filipowski does not scare me at all if I'm an opposing right. team coach. But McCain, McCain is the one that really makes that thing go here down the stretch and why I would actually have him be the rookie of the year. Who would you have the rookie of the year? Um, I think there's a conversation to be had depending on the way things turn out. For I think all freshmen is going to be hard. I think the all freshman team is going to be really hard, sure. by the way. because um. I think at one point I thought Bub Carrington was in the conversation, but Jalen Lowe has actually stolen some of the Carrington thunder with the way he's played down the stretch. But you just start looking at the players around this league who are freshmen. I mean, what about uh, Bayan Nongo? 
I mean, buying Georgia Tech's not great, but buying Dongo's had a terrific year for them. So it's an interesting conversation. How about Nate George at Georgia Tech? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's top five in assists in the league. There's all sorts, but I think McCain's going to win rookie of the year. But I think the all freshman team, first team, is really going to be interesting to see because you got to make some hard decisions there. Then we could do an all transfer team. So I think we have to introduce. Okay, we, I think that. we need that. Right? At some point, the we have OG to, all uh, transfer the team. All tra- you know what? Maybe you all do it and create a shirt. And it and maybe when you're all transfer, you get the shirt with the old uh, yeah. eight team logo yeah. on it. Which, by the way, is pretty slick. And I give you credit for Dot and Blacksburg in there. Commonwealth <laughs> of Virginia made you add Virginia Tech, didn't they? That's what happened. You had to add Virginia Tech because of the Attorney General of the Commonwealth. <laughs> who would be Governor. your ACC? Who would be your ACC transfer of the year? I mean. It's it's my guy from Wake Forest, right? Salas. It's Joe Giglio's Wake Forest team is on a burner here. Salas Ingram Horn, yeah, out the gate. That's yeah, that's no question. Right. Wes, here's what we're gonna do. Oh, we, I want the NBA Jam. We're sure. going to we're, we're going to bring you back uh, when we wrap up the season and we get ready for the ACC tournament. We will unveil the OGs All Transfer Team. We're gonna make it a thing. Okay. Can I? Uh, can we do that in DC, or are we going to do it yeah, like? We'll be there. In I guess we have to call it the All Portal Team, but yeah, All Portal Team. Yeah. Oh, and then oh. even more, you got to get the shirt out. Then, yeah, we can do that. We can draw that up real. Got to do the shirt with Blacksburg on it. Got a lot of faith, you know, Blacksburg. <laughs> you mean you mean you mean Grundy, <laughs> Grundy, Virginia, Grundy, Virginia. Grundy, Virginia. That's hilarious. Galax. It's actually Galax. That's where the marker is. <laughs> Hillsville, home of Frank Beamer. You could say it's Hillsville, home of Frank Beamer. There you go. All right, Wes. Yeah. Good to catch up. Awesome uh, with the Coach K, Roy Williams yes. event. Uh, that'll Looking be forward to on it. the ACC Network Wednesday. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Always love catch- catching up with Wes Durham. Be sure to check out that awesome interview stuff with Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky. Big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. I actually just got an email from Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. It's all about saving. If you order now, you can prepay and save. For instance, I can do a one-time payment and save a bunch of money for this upcoming season of mosquito treatment. Or I can go monthly. You can go month to month if you want, but you can save a lot of money that way. I also say this about doing the bundle. When you call them, they respond. Yes. When you when you say, hey, I need you out here. I got like an ant in my kitchen. They're there the next day. So it's totally worth all of your time to protect your number one investment, which is your home. So check them out. It's bugsbite.com. Speaking of your home, you want to make sure that you got the right insurance for your home. And that's where Matt Davis at State Farm can help you out. Insuregarner.com, VOGinsurance.com, or call them directly. Speaking of people here, local, you can call them. You get response. 919-779-8277. Matt and his staff over in Garner, the State Farm Insurance in Garner, do such a great job of saving you money. It's really that simple as calling them and having a conversation. It's 919-779-8277. Quite stylish. All right, let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions uh, from Oliver on threads. Took a mental health day. That's good. People should do that. Listening to Ovius and Gilio, and Ovius comparing Gilio's birdie to the dry hump equivalent of a hole in one legitimately has me dying in my kitchen. Cry face emoji. I mean, the analogy worked, right? I mean, there was. I mean, it made me feel better. 
Uh, how about a, how about a real life? Hey, it's, Joe. It's still satisfying, but, but same end result. Anyway, uh, how about a real life? Hey, Joe. I'm out on Fayetteville Street yesterday, uh-huh. parking the car, coming back up, doing some work. Um, and Matt stops me on the corner, and gives you that look like, ah, yeah, that's him. And he comes over, he's like, hey, of the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. And he goes, thank you for talking about things other than football. And I said, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, we're yeah. going to talk about ACC basketball. We are. We're going to talk about hockey. We these are. are. These are things that matter to you here in the audience. So shouts to Matt. He's, he said he's from Jersey too. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hey, look, man, it's about knowing what your audience wants rather than shoving it down. Their throat sometimes. Says. Yes, exactly. Uh, from Jim. Shout out to Jim at Wilmington. Hubert Davis really cutting down on bench playing time Jim, yeah. as we approach the tournament. Two subs off the bench, seven man rotation, maybe a better figure out how to handle the full court press before the Duke game and the ACC tournament. Yeah, there has been some hand wringing over rotation and things like that with Hubert Davis. You'll remember when they went on their final four run and they got hot in March. I mean, they didn't play anybody off the bench, right? Um, I do think it's a matter of, I, I think last night in the Miami game, they were switching out Seth Tremble and Cadeau and RJ Davis. And I mean, Cadeau had some ups and downs last night. I mean, a lot of guys had ups and downs last yeah. night. We, we mentioned Cormac Ryan at the beginning, right? Um, I, I'm not going to read too much into it. I really do think it's a game by game. Well, yeah, I was going to say right it's matchup dependent. You know, Jalen Washington playing only seven minutes. Yep. That's for a reason. I think Withers' minutes have been up as of late. And then Trimble, uh, I, you know, he's been great to give them a little bit of a change of pace and a defensive presence. From Cuse and NC, more Coach K voice, please. <laughs> Again, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. It's been Dan Weeder who That's now covers the, the Bears. Yes. Because he is from Chicago. Yes. He actually has the best Coach K voice. So why don't we get out of here? On nah, I, mean, I, I can't even do it. With a little verve here on the way out with uh, some YouTube amazing. comments. Uh, amazing. Florida State will want the fine sent to him if there are court storming fines. <laughs> yes. yes, Corey, you are right. <laughs> That they yes. want a cut of the fine. They want a cut of that fine. That you know, we had more viewers than you. <laughs> so we deserve. From Jay May, I'm a Duke fan who doesn't care for court storming and thought it was classless even Uh-oh. when Duke did it. But if people want to do it fine, just protect the players. If you don't, one of these days, these young men who just played in a high intensity game, who was antagonized by the other team's fans on social media, who may have received threats from those fans, is going to react on instinct to thousands of fans, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay. I do think that I know why this story has taken on the legs that it has. It's because it's Duke. If what happened, if what happened on Saturday with Wake Forest happened against trying to think a non-conference opponent, well, like Houston's number one now. Like if sure. Houston, somebody in the Big 12 knocked off Houston and they start on the court. Right. So this is a Duke issue in particular because most of the time people are rushing the court on Duke. And within the ACC, as we brought up that old Brett Strelo stat, like it, typically when they lose a road game, 72, 73% of the time, somebody's going to rush the court on them. And the people who want to go the Jay Billis route of arrest them all. Like, come on. No. Know? Oh, yeah. He's like, detain them all. You, you'd never have this at a pro game, right? Because that's a feature of college sports, not a bug. Okay. This is a very simple solution. And I wish the ACC would do a better job of this rather than just releasing a statement that said, and the sure. ACC loves to release statements. 
And Luke, Luke DeCock and I were talking about this last night uh, in Chapel Hill ahead of the game in that the ACC has opportunities to lead. And for whatever reason, they'd rather send out a statement than actually come up with solutions with these th- situations, right? And they pay somebody literally that has solutions in the name, yet they can't come up with actual solutions, okay? I don't think fish bait solutions is ever going to work with us, but that's neither here nor there. What? What? Did I say something I shouldn't have said? No, 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 no. Okay. Just, no, no. Okay. Just, you made a face. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are they working with us? No. Oh, crap. No, no, I just wanted to make sure. No, we're good. We're good. I just wanted to make sure. We're anyway. Good, we're good. Anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> the bottom line with this is money. NC State has. Oh, the cost. The cost of this. NC State has in place, and shout out to Joey. Yeah. They know what they are doing. Yeah. Okay. And I was talking to somebody in Chapel Hill last night where they've done court stormings and I asked them, okay, well, what, what happens in these situations? Well, we actually go through the protocol. We know what we're doing and everything else. And again, without and, having... And Virginia, just, Virginia does too. They mm-hmm. rope off that area yep. so that the players can get to can get out. the exit Duke does and get the same out. thing. Yeah. Dude, they never court storm at Duke. And yet it is impossible for me to leave press row right. if I don't get out at the right time because they got everybody cordoned off, okay? There's investment in place with the companies they use to handle these situations. And I think Wake Forest got caught asleep. First sellout since 2017. They probably didn't think it was going to be that crazy. Ended up being that crazy. They've learned the lesson. And what they're going to have to learn is you're going to have to invest in a better security detail yeah, for these types of situations. It's not twice a year. Right. It's as simple as that. All the other crazy salute, you know, all these other crazy ideas. Although I was there dumb. once for a Wake Court Storm of State. I think it was in 2020. No, uh, 13. Was 14? it 13? 13 or 14. The boys were super young. Oh, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. I'm confusing my court storm. Yeah, it's 13, I think. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We'll see you Wednesday. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.